on. Let me see your shoulders work. I mean, I don't know what y'all came here to do, but uh, yeah. if you ain't got a lighter, what the fuck you smoking for? What the fuck though? Damn. Where the love go? Oh. Five, four, three, two, I let one go. Wow, get the fuck though. Hey. I don't bluff, bro. Aiming at your head. Like yo, yo, yo. Ah, uh, ECF. <laughs> you know, you know. We're kind of back like Lil Wayne, Ben. We're kind of back like Lil Wayne. Back like Tiger. Back like Texas. I don't know if we're as back as Texas. They're incredibly back, but we are very back. This is Boys with the Boys. It's Andy Gatelli. Benjamin Walker. Uh, coming to you live from a victory Tuesday. I'm not saying the Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl, Ben, but they're That's probably not, going to the Super Bowl. It's not not what I'm saying either. You feel me? Ugh, felt good, Ben. We needed to win badly. One and three, that would have been ugly. It would have been like, I don't know, the Houston Texans or something. Yeah, it'd be really embarrassing to be one and three right now. So really embarrassing. For those of you who uh, missed the game on Sunday, the Dallas Cowboys were victorious, defeating the Lions of Detroit 26-24 on the back of what many are calling a career game by Zeke Elliott. Uh, ben, where'd you watch this game? You know, I got up super early on Sunday, super early, like 5 a.m. to watch some Ryder Cup action. Um, that must have been disappointing as shit. Yeah, yeah, you know, I expected us to lose. I was hoping for a little better turnout. Um, so once the U.S. just got obliterated by the Europeans in Europe again, um, I don't think we've won over there since World War II. Big win. I had, to, I had to turn <laughs> a great win. I had to turn all my faith in salvaging the day into the Dallas Cowboys, which is a dangerous proposition. Oh, that's that's pushing all your chips into the middle and being like, put it on black 22, old man. <laughs> exactly. Ride. Exactly. So um, I wasn't feeling great, but, you know, Tech had just lost the game, and I just sort of believed the boys had a chance. I was just at my, my apartment watching with my girl, so um, – you know, she didn't see me go too crazy. Just a couple, couple times yelling at Scott, yelling at Jason. You know the typical stuff. But absolutely, uh, it was a, uh, it was, it was all right. Where'd you uh, peep this game from? I was uh, at my house as well. Uh, I think I figured out the code. Uh, see, I just moved into this house a couple weeks ago, and I had not fully broke out all the decorations yet, including my lucky Cowboys neon sign that I normally have on at all times during Cowboys games. And this mm. week I finally hung it up and turned it on. And lo and behold, we run the damn ball and we win the damn game. Coincidence? And a couple things here. I wore the exact same hat and shirt that I wore in the game two Giants win. Okay. Very okay. And I bought Ashley's little dog. Or not I bought, but she has a little Cowboys jersey, and I put it on before the game. <laughs> oh, that was the key. I think God. we figured it out. I think you got to have it. a dog with a jersey on if this you're going to do it. This is what it is. So, so I think if we continue to do things like that, um, maybe we can overcome the play calling of this team. Which continued to be an issue. Um, as usual, guys, we're going to get to everything where we're going to walk you through the Cowboys' win. We're going to give you some highlights from the offensive side, the defensive side, uh, some things we would still like to work on, <coughs> Jeff Heath, and 
Then we have a very special treat for you today. Uh, as many of you know, this is uh, the week of the Governor's Cup, which is what uh, loser Texans fans call the game with the Cowboys because it's the game they care about more than anything in the world, even though Cowboys barely know that that team exists. Uh, and as a... Tell me that's not its name. Oh, it's called the Governor's Cup, Ben. It's like the Astros and Rangers where they play for the silver boot. <laughs> yeah, something. just make up a trophy like... Oregon and Oregon State for the Battle of the Potato Chair or something, but the because of uh, the the significance of the in-state rivalry, um, rivalry, you know, you're right. They beat us once, so it's whatever. Probably their biggest highlight of their. It is. It is literally the biggest win in the history of their organization. TJ Yates, or all they got <laughs> decade of play. And any Cowboys fan. They'll tell you, like, they have some friend who's a Texans fan, and really what that means is they just hate the Cowboys. Like, they don't even really care how the Texans do. They just want the Cowboys to lose. They're, these guys are effectively the, the, the A&M of the NFL. And so in order to show that we are true Cowboys fans and that we, we also have a friend who is a Texans fan who really just hates the Cowboys and has probably never been to Houston – we will be bringing on a very special guest onto the podcast. First ever guest on the pod. First ever pod guest. Lane Broadway, a.k.a. Lame Broadway, uh, president of the Texans Fan Club and the J.J. Uh, Watt Ogling Committee, uh, will be joining us to give us just a brief insight into what the Cowboys have in store this weekend as they go down to Houston to stomp the ever-loving shit out of the Houston Texans, who are one and three. Now, this guy is the biggest Cowboys hater you'll ever meet. Um, one of those guys who called Tony Romo Tony Homo all the time and laughed. You know, one of them. He thought that was literally the funniest joke ever written. So, we will bring him on the pod, just for your humor. Um, get a little Cowboys bashing in. Um we probably won't be able to bring him back next week after they get their teeth stomped in, but we'll do what we can. So yeah, we'll, we'll see if we can convince him to even watch the NFL after the beatdown that's going to occur on Sunday night. So let's get right into it, guys. Um, like we said, Cowboys were playing uh, an early kickoff this week. We played the Lions. The Lions were coming off of a pretty damn impressive win. Hey, I got to say, in here, I love noon games, man. I wish I'm a big fan of new games. games myself, dude. You get it out of the way. You don't got to sit around all day just like worrying about it. You kind of just roll out of bed and it's there. It's it's pretty great. But yeah, unfortunately, when you're America's team, they want to put you in prime time every chance it's they like get. When you're the team that's saving the NFL ratings wise, you just gotta be. You gotta be prime so time. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Uh, it's, uh, we're we're not the hero the NFL deserved, but we're the one they needed. So. Um, we did have the noon kickoff. Uh, we were playing in Dallas against the Lions, who were coming off of probably the most impressive win of the illustrious Matt Patricia Arabin. Uh, the the Detroit Lions had defeated the New England Patriots, uh, which was a pretty impressive win. Did you catch that last week? I did, and the Lions are probably the toughest team to gauge from that. As I said, they got completely blasted by the lowly Jets week one and then come out and beat the Patriots. The Patriots are a weird team, though. They're, like, so different from September to December Patriots. I feel like in September they just don't give a shit at all. Yeah, they're um, LeBron, dude. They're just playing half <laughs> speed until the playoffs. Terrific Tom just fucking coasts the entire 
the first two months of the year. There's always some big rivalry, or uh, not rivalry, there's always some big story that the Patriots are done, and then they come out and dismantle some team like the Dolphins, 38-0, to zero, and everyone's like, huh, okay. Turns out the Patriots are good. But, yes, I did see that game. I was nervous. Um, you know, Matt Stafford had himself a day. He's got some weapons. Matt Stafford's from Highland Park, Texas, so he's a local boy. Overcame a lot uh, in that situation. To, struggle. To it, make was just, himself. it was just Matt Stafford, an incredibly wealthy family, NFL-level <laughs> talent, and his best friend Clayton Kershaw against the world. It was really tough for him, and, you know, he was able to overcome – that humble beginning to become the highest paid player at his position at one point. So do you think he's mad pissed that he like got to grow up in Highland park and now he lives in Detroit? (laughs) That's gotta be a huge step down. I got to imagine that he spends more time in Dallas. than There's there's gotta be like a rich neighborhood in Detroit, right? Like we're like the 12 rich people. Like it's like Like, him and like the owner of Ford are like like Eminem and big Sean. Hell Yeah. (laughs) Hanging out. <laughs> maybe right. maybe Calvin Johnson's still up there. He probably no nah, fuck now. no, dude. He is he was Audi five thousand <laughs> like the second that he was retired. He was like, all right, I'm done with this cold, hateful place. But real talk, I've heard Detroit's really cool. It's kind of on the comeback right now. A lot of cool arty people. It's kind of one of those places, kind of edgy. It's a little, still a little dangerous, but slowly being gentrified. So in five years, it'll be like Atlanta or Austin and. Everyone will say it's cool when it's not, but for right now, it's supposed to be pretty tight, so I'll give them that. But they came to play today. Um, Stafford's obviously got a huge arm. Uh, they do have a very talented group of receivers, so the Cowboys were going to have their defense tested, and obviously the offense had been stuttering, so uh, it was an interesting it was an interesting matchup from the very beginning. The Cowboys, yeah. uh, this, one, this one was weird, Ben. We decided to uh, kick off instead of receive. Is that Jason Garrett deferring to the second I, half? I literally don't know if I've I can't I couldn't tell you the last time I've seen that. I literally can't tell you the last time I've seen that. Just for people who don't maybe know this, but pretty much the entire NFL has realized that it's most strategic to defer in the second half. I think almost every team does it, at least all good teams, and the Cowboys are one of the last teams left that take possession of the first the ball. half. <laughs> Um, which is really strange considering our offense now. Maybe it made sense in the, the Romo era um, or even Dax and Zeke's rookie year, but now, now? Uh, yeah. But anyway, they do defer, and we get to see the defense first for the first time all year, Andy. Indeed, and and uh, it, it was a little scary to start off with, Ben. This uh, on Johnson kid, uh, talented young man, I got to say. Uh, first touch, 32 yards. I was like, great. This is going to be a long, long day. Luckily, yeah, yeah. They, des- they decided they were going to literally use this guy like 10 total times. This is like one of his only drives that he dominated, and then they just kind of went away from it, which has always been a um, a big contention with Lions fans that they abandoned the run way too quickly. But we we understand that. We have Scott Linehan. You guys used to have Scott Linehan. I feel you guys. Yeah, we're right there with you. So 32 yards right off the bat. Uh, they give it to him again on first and ten of the Dallas forty-three. Gets four yards, and then they try to. They're just like, man, just keep it rolling. They run him again. However, this time he gets stopped for a loss of one yard. So they finally let Stafford throw on third and seven. Uh, he gets an incompletion, and they are forced to punt. Uh, they do get a false start though, so they're punting from the Dallas forty-five. 
Um, so defense allows 30 yards on the 30 total yards on the first possession, but all in all, no damage done. Excellent. Yeah, uh, and we got a little lucky. Cole let this one go over his head on the punt return, and they nearly downed us at the one, and the guys literally maybe the smallest sliver of his shoe was on the goal line. Yeah, this was insanely lucky. Back. We had um, a couple bounces go our way this game, which is nice. We don't normally see that. Yeah, so anyway, we get to start at our own 20 instead of our own one-inch line, and we didn't do much with that goat. No, we didn't. Uh, Scott clearly read the message boards and listened to the podcast and was like, fine, I'll run it. So Zeke for one yard, Zeke for eight yards, Zeke for negative one yard, punt. Uh, Three plays, eight yards, minute 47 off the clock, ball right back in the Lions' hands. Which, by the way, I'm not really going to complain about on third and one. You pretty much need to give the ball to Zeke. Uh, That got blown up. I think Looney just completely whiffed a block. Yeah, it was it was ugly all all across that line. It was pretty much that Looney Connor Williams gap uh, yeah. that, that got defeated, and that's been an area of concern for this team from the beginning. Oh, uh, we punt right back to them, goat. Um, and so right away they pretty much decide like, hey, time to let Stafford go to work. This guy, uh, I'll say this: Matt Stafford impressed the hell out of me during this game. He was throwing some darts. Um, so he, they start out with kind of some of the short stuff. They get a five-yard completion uh, to Marvin Jones. Uh, they throw to their tight end for eight yards. Um, they go back to the run for one play to get one yard on first down. And then on second and nine, they let Stafford throw it out of the backfield to Theo Riddick for 11 yards. Uh, and then we see the appearance of one LeGarrett Blount. I, I can't say this one makes a ton of sense to me, Ben. You got Karrion Johnson, who is just absolutely tearing it up almost every time he touches the ball and they insist on giving blunt carries and not like goal line carries like in the middle of the field yeah they have a very strange committee approach that i don't think makes much sense Legarrett blunt has never really been great he's been good some years um i don't think kind of what we used to have in Lance Dunbar with Theo Riddick just a receiving back. So they could really be fine just going carry on and then Riddick as their kind of, you know, receiving Changing back. on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so Blunt runs. Luckily for us, uh, you know, he gets three yards. Go, He's stuffed. Gets another one-yard run. Stuffed. And then TJ Lang, um, probably their best lineman, leaves the game with an injury. Yeah, and that would prove huge. I mean, these guys, they spent a lot of money on this offensive line over the offseason, and through this game, coming into this game, the Lions had given up the lowest number of sacks of any team in the league. They'd given up three total sacks coming into this game. Um, That would not prove to be the case by the end of this game, however, thanks to one Demarcus Lawrence. The hot boys. King of the hot boys. Um, so they would end up getting to the 41 yard line, fourth and six. They are forced to punt as well. Uh, and they give the ball back to Dallas. So this was the first drive where Dallas really shows some life on offense. Um, they roll out the first play patented Dallas Cowboys, naked bootleg to the tight end. Jeff Swaim goes for 31 yards. This is a pretty decent <laughs> play, man. I mean, I got to give him credit. It worked. but You know, it worked. It's just so funny because we run this play at least once a game, and we always run it on first and 10. 
always run it oh, yeah. like our first play of a drive. And so for Detroit to not be ready for it is kind of funny. But yeah, Jeff Swaim um, goes for 31, which is one of the longest gains we've had all year. Yeah, it was excellent. So good for Swaim. Love it, man. Uh, first and 10 at the Dallas 41, handed it off to Elliott. He goes for seven yards. Uh, and then back to no huddle shotgun. Uh, Dak goes deep for the rookie Michael Gallup, who makes a nice little grab for 37 yards. I like this play, Ben. Uh, it was a good grab by Gallup. I'm glad to see him getting involved. Yeah, that was a good catch. This is what we've been waiting for for this rookie. He's had a real quiet start to the year, as have really all our receivers. Uh, but a very nice snag on this one. Good throw from Dak. And uh, we really haven't seen anyone go above a corner and make a catch. So that was that was really cool to see. Hopefully we see more of Michael Gallup. And I just want to say I love early in games when we take shots like this because Great. especially at home it gets our, our fans that are pretty much – just watching a giant TV, but at least gets them a little more into the game, I think, a little more energized. And that whole team feeds off of a play like this. So we're immediately three plays in goat um, in the red zone. Yeah, and unfortunately, this would be where the Cowboys offense would stall a little bit. Um, we were on the Detroit 15-yard line. We run Zeke for a yard, and then we get two straight incompletions. Uh, out of Dak, one to Alan Hearns and one to Michael Gallup. I'll say this was interesting, Ben. We went right at Darius Slay. All I was going to mention that. Yeah, it's a tough way to make your bones in this league as a quarterback throwing at another team's number one corner, especially if that number one corner's nickname is Darius Big Play Slay. I mean, he um, is an all-pro. This guy is he a, two picks last week on Brady or just yeah, one? I think it was two. Um, this guy's a turnover machine. He probably has more interceptions the last three years than the entire Cowboys defense does in the last three years. Um, guy's a stud, but yeah, we, I mean, give Dak, I guess, props for challenging him, but, uh, I don't, I, I guess, you know, it's one of those you give credit for bravery, if not for game plan. So. Yeah, I guess they saw something they liked about it. Um, it was a, it was that was an odd choice, but they they did manage to get a field goal out of it. Brett Maher comes on Maher comes onto the field, kicks a field goal. Dallas is up three to zero, first on the board. Uh, like a wise coach once said, Ben, you score first, you win first. That's right. It's it's a time. It's a it's a saying as old as time, and it's true, goat. And Indeed. you just you just got to get on the field. So Maher was great, by the way, in this game. Yeah, he played an excellent game. He ended up going four for four, including the game winner. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Uh, he, he played an excellent game. And I'm not saying that no one misses Dan Bailey, but we certainly aren't feeling like that was an incredibly stupid decision as of yet. Um, so I'll take it. Um, Detroit would get the ball back here. Um, Stafford tried to throw to Golden Tate on first and 10 from the 23. Uh, Three-yard loss by Jeff Heath. That was about the best play Jeff Heath made all day. Um, he would be revisited by Mr. Golden Tate later in this game uh, with less than stellar results. Uh, Stafford then goes to Theo Riddick for two yards. And then on third and 11, uh, Stafford goes over the top to Kenny Galladay for 15 yards. This Galladay kid, man, I wasn't really familiar with him coming into this game. This guy's really good. Yeah, he, he had some hype last year. I think he was a third rounder or second rounder out of uh, UNI. 
um, last year, made a couple little splash plays, but um, it was definitely more the Tate and Jones show. But this year, he's kind of added as the third head of that three-headed monster. And this kid impresses me, man. I mean, I think his nickname is Baby Tron. Uh, <laughs> I like this kid. He's man. big. He's got great hands. Uh, and he, he's decent speed, too. So, yeah, definitely a weapon you have to watch out for when you're playing this Detroit Lions team. Um, so with first and 10 of the Detroit 37, they go back to LeGarrette Blunt, uh, and then they go to Marvin Jones. Uh, this was a completion for four yards though Dallas challenged it and the play was reversed. So they called that incomplete. Uh, unfortunately then on third and three, they hit golden Tate. He gets four yards and they get a first and 10, um, Stafford then gets an incompletion, uh, and then goes to Theo Riddick for a seven-yard gain. So at third and three at the Dallas 45, we're feeling pretty good. Unfortunately, uh, Stafford found Golden Tate for a 45-yard touchdown here. Oh, dude, this was an ugly, ugly play for Jeff Heath. It's an ugly play for a lot. So Jordan Lewis is lined up man on man. I think this, this is his one snap. Of the he game, played man. one snap in this game, Jordan Lewis. Um, and you'll see why he gets completely... He falls over and then can't make the tackle on Tate. And then I don't know what Jeff Heath was doing. So he comes at Golden Tate, the last man to make a, have a chance at making a tackle, and somehow does it – somehow just sort of stops and gets stood up, and Tate just literally walks around him without being touched. Like, it's, it's a really weird decision because, like, the first thing they teach you when you're playing corner in football is to, like, you, you protect the boundary and you – push this guy out of bounds. He was the sideline, yeah. yeah. And instead, Jeff Heath just kind of like froze up and got juked completely out of his shoes. Like He fell over. And Golden Tate skips like a jackass into the end zone. Not a fan of Golden Tate's been. I know he's good, but... Yeah, he's the most productive slot receiver in the league over the last three years. Um, he had himself a day in this one. And yeah, he's he's a showboater, man. He... he Golden Tate's very high on Golden Tate, that's for sure. I remember in uh, college when he scored that touchdown at Notre Dame and dove into the band. Uh, he's been a dick, and it would continue here. Yeah, the only good thing I liked about him is he was part of that Seahawks team that run a ring and that Percy Harvin was on. And when Percy Harvin left, remember he talked all this shit, yeah. and Golden Tate had some quote. He goes, well, I hope it works out. For him on his fourth team because it has it on the other three teams. So best of luck. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, so unfortunately, that would make the game seven to three. Dallas would get the ball back. Um, the on the first play from scrimmage, Dak was forced to scramble. He gets a two-yard gain, and that would end the first quarter. Uh, second and eight from the Dallas twenty-seven. Zeke would rush for five yards. Uh, and then Dak throws to Zeke for four yards. Uh, ben, we saw a lot more of Zeke Elliott as a receiver in this game. We did, um, and it was good to see. You know, uh, I questioned what Scott really meant in his pregame remarks, saying that we were going to have a lot more wrinkles this week. I didn't really see many wrinkles, but I did see a conscious decision to try and get Ezekiel Elliott the ball not only as a runner, but as a receiver. And it would prove to be um, the right call late in the game. So Agreed, agreed. So Zeke gets that four-yard uh, completion. 
uh, on first and 10, they run Zeke. He gets nine yards. Um, Zeke really just gained momentum as the game went on. It was really excellent to see. Second and one at the Dallas 45, no huddle uh, from shotgun. Dak finds Alan Hearns for 12 yards. Uh, Detroit was offside, so we declined that. And then at this point, Zeke had to go off the field for a little bit, but luckily Rod Smith, pretty much, we didn't really feel any drop in production here. Uh, Rod Smith goes for nine yards on his first carry. Second and one from the Detroit 34. Uh, Dak tries to go deep to Tavon Austin. Ben, this is the one that got away from us, man. Uh, Dak throws a dime into the end zone. It hits Tavon Austin directly in the hands, and he just drops it. Yeah, once again, going at uh, big play Slay there on the right side, and this was a nice throw. I mean, Tavon's got to come down with it. Um, he also hurt his chest on this. I mean, he still had to catch it, but he sort of flopped into the end zone, hit him right in the hands, and that's one he'd like to have. Super unfortunate there. Um on, that brings up third and one on the Detroit 34. We rush Zeke for two yards. First and 10, the Detroit 32. Dak goes incomplete for Gallup. Uh, we run Zeke for seven yards on third and three. Uh, Dak just can't get it to Hearn. Slay actually makes a good play on the ball here, breaks it up. So that brings up fourth and three. We bring back Brett back out onto the field, and he uh, hits a 43-yard field goal. That brings the game to seven to six. Um but yet again, this is another one where the Cowboys got all the way pretty deep into the red zone uh, and just could not come away with a touchdown, which is going to eventually bite them in the ass. Yeah, I mean, it, it was really the theme of this game. And, you know, they, they put up an interesting statistic, Goat. I don't know if you saw this. Um, but during the game, they showed our, our red zone percentage over the last three years. And I believe in 2016, our touchdown percentage in the red zone was second. I think last year was sixth, and this year we're like 20-something. I didn't I didn't catch what it was, but essentially a huge drop-off. And that was really my main fear when you lose Witten and Dez is what do you do in the red zone? You know, forget the 20s. What do you do in the red zone? And I don't think this team has quite figured that out yet. Agreed. Totally agreed. Um, so Detroit gets the ball back. They uh, run the ball with Blunt twice in a row. They get three yards on each one. Uh, unfortunately, they would also get a uh, hands-to-the-face mask penalty. Brings up second and 22. Um, but Stafford, he throws this beautiful ball to Marvin Jones. And I got to say, Ben, I don't think there's much Cheeto Ouzier could have done on coverage on this one. Um, you no, know, normally I'd be really mad about giving up a second and 22, but you know, it's that old saying in the NFL, there's no such, there's no defense for a perfect throw. And this was really nice right over the shoulder to Marvin Jones. Cheetos in good position. Just nice throw and catch, man. Not much you can do there. So this was, a, this was the, the point in the game where I was getting a little worried because like, we just didn't seem to have an answer for how good a day Stafford was having. He was just throwing some balls that there was just no defense for. And even the commentators were making note of the fact that it's just like, I don't know what else Cheeto Wuzier could do in coverage here. Um, never what you want to hear. Um, so that brings up first and 10 uh, at the Detroit 47. Um, they run Blunt for three yards. They run Johnson for no gain. They run Johnson for three yards. Uh, and then Stafford was forced out of the pocket and rushed for three yards himself. Uh, he throws a six-yard pass. 
and then scrambles again for two yards on third down. So now they got a first and 10 at the Dallas 30. Um, they brought in some third running, or I guess fourth running back, who I'm not super familiar with. I think this is their punt returner, Agnew. Um, and he did kind of a little jet sweep type affair, uh, got 17 yards out of that. Um, so they're on the move at this point. Uh, Stafford then hits Golden Tate for six yards. Um, they get a false start, but and then run to Karrion Johnson for two. Uh, Stafford does a short pass to Karrion Johnson for one yard. So now that's they're now at third and 12 on the Dallas 15. Uh, and thank goodness Stafford finally has an incompletion to Marvin Jones. Uh, so they kick a 33-yard field goal. That makes the game 10-6. to six. Um, So we are now into – we've got about 2.50 to go in the first half, Ben. Uh, yeah, this is a long drive for them. I think they knocked off eight minutes of the clock. So, And the Cowboys have just not been able to score. Like, we have not found pay dirt yet. Um, so I'm, at this point, I'm getting a little bit worried. We're, I'm like, we're going to go into the half, down. Offense cannot find the end zone. Uh, this is where I was a little bit worried. Um, luckily, uh, Zeke Elliott did respond. Gets a 19-yard rush on first on first down from the 25. Uh, then Dak finds Cole Beasley for 12 yards. That gets us to the two-minute warning. Um, and then Zeke uh, does what Zeke does. Uh, Dak and Zeke run the classic screenplay that they've made famous for the last three years for scoring multiple long touchdowns. Uh, yeah, we. We get a little bit of help on this from a roughing the passer call that I know Lions fans are livid about. Um, on first and 10, Dak sort of trips over his own lineman. Um, the whistle blows and Dak's down, but the defensive lineman never really sees him get hit. So when Dak gets up, he pushes him down, and you just really can't touch the quarterback in this league. Go, You're going to see one of these a week. You really are. Just a really shitty roughing the passer call. Yeah, uh, we got one last benefit. week. We got one last week. They got one this week. It sucked. So, so that sets up the Zeke screen, and uh, we were able to take advantage. And uh, thirty-eight man. yards later, Zeke Elliott gets into the end zone. And man, Zeke looked fast today at the, on this at this game. Ben, I was really really impressed with with Zeke all the way through the day. Obviously, the dude ended up having what amounts to a career day of yardage. But uh, on plays like this, I really saw his speed. Um, also on this play, man, I was insanely impressed with Joe Looney, who got yeah. all the way down the field. He threw a block at the goal line. He stayed step for step with Zeke Elliott uh, and threw a block that really sprung him for the TD. Yeah, if you watch this, the whole right side of the line does a really good job. And we did something I liked. We had a little bit of motion with Tavon coming across on the left. Then Zeke goes to the right. Lael's able to hold the one guy who stays on Dak, and then Martin and Looney just plow the road, and Zeke takes it all the way in, man. Runs over someone at the goal line. Big play. Hell yes. So that brings us to 13 to 10, uh, about a about a minute 39 to go in the half. Um, the Lions would get the ball back. However, they really couldn't make anything happen. Um this was a uh, – I will say there's one play of note here. Uh, Detroit did have a first and 10 on their own 45 with a minute 13 to go, 
and Stafford was sacked by that man, Demarcus Lawrence. Um, Tank would end up with three sacks in this game, Ben, uh, equally in the total for the entire Lions team for the entire season. Um, yeah, career high like, for Tank. Career high for Tank. Um, he was a menace, and that's what you want to see. I think I saw the stat now. He's got 20 sacks in his last 20 games. So Correct. That man's he a terror. Is. Yeah, and uh, he's going to get paid like a terror. That is for sure. If not by us, by somebody, hopefully by us. I'm, I'm, I would be very surprised if we put in all the work we've put in with him only to get two amazing years and then let him walk. That would shock me. My guess is Jerry's going to pay him. Um, so we end up getting the ball back. We kneel it out. That brings the first half to an end. Uh, so Dallas goes into the locker room, a three point lead. Um, Ben, what are your thoughts on the first half? Oh, good first half, all in all. You know, we only really had one poor drive, and it was the first one to three and out. You know, the other three times we touched the ball, we get into the red zone, and all three of them have to settle for two field goals, unfortunately. Um, one of them could have been a touchdown without the Tavon drop. Um, and, you know, their only touchdown was just Golden Tate making a mockery of our worst players in the secondary, which – you know, give Stafford credit. I mean, they they came back to him a lot in the second quarter. They realized um, where that weak point was, which is really Jeff Heath and anyone in the slot. Um, Cheeto gave up a few, and they didn't even test Byron. Not in the first half, not in the second. I don't think he had one ball directly thrown at no, him. I don't, man I don't think they threw at him at all. Um, ben, so far this through this uh, through these four games, is Byron Jones the most improved player on this team? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know who else you could realistically say. I mean, I've been okay with Looney, but he's been above average. I mean, Byron's been elite. Byron's Pro Bowl level right now. Um, yeah. You know, the the only beef of I've been with the secondaries, they just haven't produced any takeaways. Other than that, they've been a pretty the solid whole team, unit. really. Like, we're 32nd and, uh, in the league in takeaways. Yeah, two takeaways in four games. And, you know, I heard it on the radio. You can't. As good as they've been, you can't be an elite defense with that being your stat. And also, you can't be an elite defense, which we'll get into in the second half when you need two must-stops on your last two drives and you give up two touchdown drives. I know it's a good team with a lot of good players, but no, those might only be. But in the first half, really good, really good. No, most definitely. So um, the Cowboys would get the ball back to start the second half since we did defer. See, Jason, now you have the ball. Isn't this great? Um Unfortunately, we wouldn't really do much with this one, um, despite Detroit doing everything they could to help us. Uh, Zeke rushed for four yards on the first play. We get a defensive holding call, first and 10. Zeke runs up the middle for no gain. Uh, Dak does a short pass to Zeke. He goes for 12 yards on second down. So now we're first and 10 on the Dallas 46. Uh, Dak incomplete to Tavon, but defensive holding. Moves us up five yards, automatic first. Zeke goes for three yards. Second and seven, uh, Dak has, is incomplete to Zeke, but defensive holding. Um, so now we're first and 10 on the Detroit 41. We run a the Tavon Austin end around. Uh, it's a seven-yard play. Uh, and then Rod Smith gets eight yards. Um, so now we're first and 10 at the Detroit 26. The – sorry, I lost my place there for a second. Uh, 
Dak goes back to Tavon for two yards, um, but we get an illegal block above the waist on Elliott here. Man, this penalty sucked because it's like Zeke didn't even like blow a guy up or anything. He's just like literally touches him above the waist. Yeah, I guess a block in the back. Um, it was shitty, and we, it ended up kind of destroying what was a pretty good drive up until that point. Um, yeah, penalties are killers, especially especially to this team um, that doesn't have a whole lot of big play potential usually. Yeah. And getting behind the chains really destroys us. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and that gives, that puts us at first and 20. Uh, Dak gets an incompletion on second and 20. We run Zeke up the middle for two yards. And on third and 18, um, we're pretty much just trying to, like, get enough room to get Brett a shot at a field goal. This is a really bad play by Dak. Uh, he scrambles backwards. He tries to do kind of like a little reverse spin move. Um, gets bottled up on both sides and takes a 14-yard sack. Um, that puts us at the at fourth and 32 at the Detroit 48, and Chris Jones has to punt. Uh, this is one where you would have been okay with getting a field goal, Ben, and we just couldn't even get that. Yeah, really, really bad play by Dak here. Uh, his worst of the day by far. I mean, you just – you can't do that. You know, on, on third and 18, all we're really looking to do here is get, you know, five, ten yards, shore up a field goal try, and he takes a sack, and not even a sack, a really bad one that puts you completely out of even thinking of the field goal. Um, his biggest boneheaded play of the game, for sure. Most definitely. Um, so we get – the Lions get the ball back on the Detroit 12. Uh, they run Karrion Johnson for no gain. Uh, Matt Stafford throws a short pass for six yards, stopped by Vander Esch. Um, but then on third and four, Stafford sacked again by Demarcus Lawrence. Um, that puts him at fourth and 10 on their own 12, and they have to punt. End up going three plays, zero total yards. Tank just one man wrecking crew on this one. Yeah, I don't know if this is the one where Jalen kind of gets the assist or if this one was the one that was all tank, but uh, man was a menace, boy. He's a war daddy. He is he is the the mythical war daddy that Jerry has been looking for for so long. Um, so the Cowboys do get the ball back. Uh, at this point, there's 7.02 left to play in the third quarter, and Zeke rushes for 41 yards on the first play. Um, Zeke just beasted from the rest of the game. Like The rest of the game is literally just Zeke killing this team by himself. Um, 41 yards on first down. Then we got first and 10 on the Detroit 23. Nine yards from Zeke again. Uh, we put in Rod Smith. He gets two yards, which gets us a first and 10 at the 12. We run Rod Smith again for no gain. Uh, Zach, Dak throws to Rod Smith for no gain. Uh, Dak then hits Cole Beasley for a nine-yard gate on third and 10. Uh, we t- the Detroit takes a timeout. So now it's fourth and one at the Detroit three. And I got to give Jason credit here, Ben. Sacks up. He goes for it. You play to win the game. Play to win the game. Zeke goes up the middle, gets the two yards. He does fumble. Jeez, um, that was nervous. Into the end zone. Jarwin grabs it, but there's a rule apparently that on fourth down, only the player that fumbled can recover the ball, I guess is the rule. Yeah, uh, I can only advance the ball. Otherwise, it's down where it was fumbled. So... The idea being they don't want people on like these fourth and longs when they know the game's on the line just purposely fumbling and trying to roll the ball forward. Okay, um, makes sense. So anyway, Zeke does fumble. We did recover it, so it was kind of a moot point. 
Um, but that's why I didn't count as a touchdown is you can't advance the ball with a fumble. Gotcha. So, so that gives it. us first and goal from the one. Yes. Um, run a quick snap play. Dak finds Jeff Swaim wide open and alone in the corner of the end zone for a one-yard touchdown pass. That is Jeff Swaim's first career touchdown catch. Woo! And your first tight end touchdown of the season, Cowboy fans. Yeah, don't get used to it. Not anticipating a lot of those. Um, I'm a pretty big fan, man, of the Swaim offense because a fish got a swing, baby. A fish got a swing. Fish got a swing. That doesn't even mean anything. <laughs> sure does. All right, so that does make the game uh, a hearty twenty to ten. Cowboys up by double digits at this point. Um, unfortunately, the Lions would not go quietly. Uh. Stafford comes out firing 17 yards on the first play from scrimmage. They run blunt. He gets negative one yards, but then he finds Galladay on second and 11 for 22 yards. Uh, they go no huddle shotgun. So at this point, they're just letting Stafford deal. Um, finds golden tape for three yards. Uh, finds the tight end for four yards. Galladay for 22 yards again on third and three. So now they are at first and goal at the Dallas eight. And then they hand it off to Carryon Johnson, who runs it in from eight yards out, and he absolutely ruins Jeff Ooh. Heath's day. Yeah, man, that was bad, man. I mean, he knocks Heath out of this game. He's questionable for this week, by the way, with a stinger is what they're putting it of. I think it's just like a hurt pride. I mean, Carryon okay. Johnson Here's absolutely <laughs> he just absolutely trucks Jeff Heath at the goal line. Super, super terrible. So now it's 17-20, still a game. Um, we're now into the fourth quarter, 14-20 to play. Uh, Dallas starts from its own 11-yard line. Um, Dak comes out, finds Michael Gallup immediately for eight yards. We run Elliott for four. We go no huddle. Dak finds Beasley for 13 yards. Elliott runs for 14. Uh, Dak does take a sack here. This was the play where... Um, was this the play where Dak got stripped? Because I know Deshaun Hand did that. Or I guess Deshaun Hand got another sack as well. So okay. So Deshaun Ooh, I don't recall. Yeah, so I think I think it would I think it would note that. So I think Deshaun Hand got a sack and then also got that strip, which is pretty pretty good day for Deshaun Hand. Um so first and ten at the fifty, Dak gets sacked. We have second and eleven at the forty-nine. Uh Rod Smith runs up the middle for four yards. Uh Dak goes Tries to go to Michael Gallup, goes incomplete. However, there is a defensive offsides there, so we get third and two at the Detroit 42. Zeke runs for seven. Uh, just a, uh, an express train, dude. Zeke could not be stopped at this point. Um, first and 10 at the Detroit 35. Zeke rushes for no gain. Second and 10, Dak finds Allen Hearns for nine yards. Third and one, Zeke goes for two and converts. First and 10 of the Detroit 24. We run Rod Smith for the loss of a yard. And then Dak goes deep middle to Cole Beasley, who nifty little move here for 19 yards. First and goal from the Detroit six. Uh, we run Zeke for two yards. So this sets up second and goal from the four. Ben, I have a big issue with the play calling here. Okay. Zeke is averaging like six yards a carry at this point. Correct. He's absolutely killing them. You're first from the when you start on the six, first and goal, he runs for two yards. Yep. And then after that, they're like, never mind, we don't need you to run anymore. Dak in completion to Swaim. Dak in completion to gathers on third and goal. 
Yeah, we lined gathers up, try to throw a fade to him. That was like um, the Dez play. It was like one-on-one isolation. It was a poor route by gathers and a poor throw by Dak. And I, I know people want to see more Rico, but ah, they haven't they haven't worked that out yet. That's all. They have I'll not say. figured that chemistry out. So Brett Maher comes. Brett Maher comes back out onto the field, kicks his third field goal of the game. Uh, Dallas feel right here when we went up by six. Did I don't th- I think you have to take the points on fourth. Thing. Yeah, um, I definitely think we had to take the points, but at the same time, I texted you immediately and I said I have a bad feeling. I think we're going to lose this game because we just yeah. could not finish, um, and it and it only got worse because uh, Detroit came out ready to ready to to win this game. Carry on. Just my defense with the defense was this drive. You know, if you're going to be an elite D and you're protecting a six point lead with five minutes in the fourth, you can't let them march down your throat without even sniffing a third down. Yeah, very true. So they get six yards from Carry Johnson on first down. They hit Tate for four on on second down. They get a first from that. They do sack Stafford here. Tank gets his third sack of the day. Um, but then they hit Golden Tate. Deep for 35 yards. They run blunt for two a two-yard loss, and then they go back to Golden Tate uh, for a 38-yard touchdown. He strolls in on this one, Ben. This was ugly. Yeah, uh, it looked like just a little cover two here, and I think it was Brown. Didn't get deep enough on it, um, throw it right in, and uh, there's not a safety on our team that's going to tackle a good slot player, unfortunately. So, for so that makes it – that's 24-23. Um, there's about two minutes and 17 seconds left, and the entire game comes down to can Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott drive the field and get into field goal range in two, two minutes and 17 seconds. Now, we've seen Dak do this before. This is not alien territory for him. But, but it's been a while. But it's, it's been, been a while. while. It's been a while. So first and 10 of the Dallas 25 – uh, Dak finds Swaim for seven yards. Yeah, got to go to your best playmaker. Got it. Fish got a Swaim apparently. Two minute drip. We got the two minute warning right there. Um, then uh, Dak pre- on right here on second and three. Uh, Dak is stripped by Deshaun Hand coming around the edge. Uh, the ball goes down and goes behind Dak. Dak runs backwards, grabs it off the turf, bootlegs, and tosses it downfield. It's an incomplete pass, but just to not lose it, any yardage was pretty amazing here. Yeah, we get fortunate that it goes straight down, but this is a great play by Dak and was really Romo-esque. This is the type of shit Romo did all the fucking time. Romo would have made a completion. Yeah, Romo would have found shit. somebody streaking for sure. Would have given a little wink to the camera. <laughs> Classic Tony. Street Jedi. But, but Dak does uh, his best Tony Romo impression. He throws this one away and at least keeps it alive for a third and three, which we do convert with a little pass to Alan Hearns. Is excellent. So it's good to see Hearns coming up. Uh, he's he wasn't well, he's getting a little more involved. I know he was worried about his targets. Um, so it's nice to see him get a little more involved, yeah, especially I'll give you, in a close uh, place here. We got a little bit better picture of the wide receiver usage. I'll go ahead and read that out uh, after we get through this game. Go, but uh, what I'm trying to tell you is, I think Hearns may be our number one. But go oh, on. okay, all right, fair. Um, so that brings up first and ten at the Dallas 41. 
Uh, Dak goes incomplete to Michael Gallup. This was like a good route by Gallup. Unfortunately, uh, Quinn just jumped up and broke this up. Um, it's just a good play by a, a defensive player. Um, second and 10. So this was the play of the game, I would say, Ben. Absolutely. Uh, Zeke had recognized that they were going one-on-one with him with a linebacker in the slot. Uh, Zeke runs. He he lines up in the slot receiver position and just runs like a straight fade route. Uh, Dak, beautiful toss here, right? And Zeke just catches it over his shoulder for a 34-yard gain. Um, that puts us at the Detroit 25. Man, uh, this play, love everything about it. Zeke one-on-one with the linebacker, who's not slow by any means. Dak with his best throw of probably the season, just an absolute perfect ball. Right over the shoulder, Zeke catches this like a wide receiver. This isn't the typical way we've seen Zeke use. He's usually kind of catches a short one and then tries to get some yak. This is just all on the fly, right over the shoulder, and sets up the game winner. I mean, at this point, we're in the 25, and it's pretty much just can Maurer make a game-winning field goal here? So this was a pretty nerve-wracking moment. Um, we've seen we saw Maurer make a lot of field goals this game. However, uh, this was uh, this one had significantly more mustard on it as far as uh, what it counted for. In fact, I heard that in the owner's box, Stephen reached over and tapped Jerry and said, "So if he misses this, it's South America, right? There's no way we can stay in town." So clearly, everyone was uh, feeling the pressure on this one. You know the Cowboy Nation had their social medias open and the, God, Dan Bailey would have made that sentence typed out, pre-prepared for this one. Oh, my God. So that one could have been really rough. Luckily, Maurer went out there, crushed it perfectly right through the uprights. Dallas wins 26-24. Um, it wasn't a pretty win, Ben, but it was a win. A win's a win, and I'll never give one back, baby. So, all in all, Cowboys do come away with the W. It is a a pretty much a career game for Zeke Elliott. Uh, 152 on the ground, another 88 in the air, 240 all-purpose yards from scrimmage, scores a touchdown. Um, Dak with, his, with only his third 200-yard game in his last 12 games. Um, 17 to 27 for 255, two touchdowns, no turn or no, no interceptions, I should say. Um, and then on the defensive side, man, Tank Lawrence, three sacks that gives him five and a half on the year. Good enough for the NFL lead. Not too shabby from the stat page, Ben. No, not at all. Um, good day from everyone you mentioned. In fact, Zeke had maybe the best day of anybody, um, of a non-quarterback position all all year. Um, no one's reached 200 offensive yards as an individual player uh, at a skill position this year until Zeke, and he blows it out by 240. Um, so, I mean, you could argue the best day in the NFL we've seen, um, probably from someone not named Pat Mahomes, but yeah. damn. Yeah, damn. And, and that gives Zeke about a 100-yard advantage in the rushing lead. Um, over Todd Gurley. So Zeke starting to put together what may be an MVP campaign. (sighs) Don't tease me. No, Zeke killed it. I mean, this is when you have games like this in in Seattle last week, we saw the potential where Zeke could have won it. He just had a bad fumble, a bad step out of bounds, and he corrected those mental mistakes and 
took over this game. I mean, there's no other way to say it that this is why you draft a guy at four so he can straight up go and win you a game, and Zeke did in this one. I mean, Dak played good, don't get me wrong. Defense did its part. They still gave up, you know, two touchdowns on the last two drives. But overall, you know, I'm not going to complain about 24 points. Um, but damn, man, I mean, that that was a career day from Zeke. It may be his best game ever in a Cowboy uniform. Yeah, I mean, I think the only game that you can really compare to this one is probably that Steelers game from 2016. Oh, yeah. he, went, he went close to 200 that day. He had three touchdowns. Um, but this is definitely going to be one that at the end of when Zeke finally hangs him up, they're going to look back on this one for sure. Um, so great win for the Cowboys. Uh, they improved to two and two. Um, and now look forward to a matchup this Sunday against the Houston Texans. Uh, and as, as, as previously mentioned, uh, we, we decided like, Hey, we don't know that much about this shitty Houston Texans team. We need to find some uh, some guy that might know something about it. So we have brought to you the good people of the podcast live from – I mean, the guy lives in Dallas, so he's just thriving off of the beauty he's of our Dallas city. He's a Dallasite through and through. Dallasite through and through, but originally from southern Oklahoma, a.k.a. Wichita Falls, we have the one and only Lane Broadway. Lane, how you doing, man? Good, good. Can you all hear me? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Dude, thanks for, clear, thanks for buddy. jumping on with us, man. We appreciate it. Always. Yeah, we, been looking forward to this day for a while. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's hard for us to find Texan fans. There's just only about a dozen of them I've ever met in my life. So um, uh, We're around. We're just usually trolling. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> oh, we know. We know. So, so, Lane, you guys are coming off of your first win of the year. Congrats, um, by the way. Big win. Big win over the Indianapolis Colts. A stout squad, if I've ever seen one. Um, overtime, right? Overtime. You know, we had to blow a 13-point lead with seven minutes to go. Oh, excellent. But I'd also know that, one, this game is one that the Texans get up for. NRG is going to be rocking. And I've heard rumors that J.J. Watt is back into old-school J.J. Watt form. What can you tell us about that? I'm going to tell you this, Goat. We have a running joke going, but... He's more back than UT. <laughs> As of right now. Can we quote you on that? You have JJ Watt oh, yeah. Texas in the back rankings. Man, he has looked really, really good the last two weeks. I actually saw a poll earlier today about if they had to vote defensive MVP, he's only behind Khalil Mack because that guy is a monster. Agreed. And and I, I think what so Watt had what three sacks this this week and then two last week? Like yeah, five. he's got he's had five in the last eight quarters. Jeez. So he it's is pretty uh, easy when Clowney's really eating up all the blocks for you, I guess. But I will um, say yeah, this I did see, to himself. <laughs> yeah, I, I did see that uh Bill O'Brien said that Clowney had his best game as a professional against the Colts. Yeah, that's pretty fair to say. It was he was as disruptive as I've ever seen him, which is Pretty few and far between. So we, we know what the defense there has, Lane. Tell us a little about this offense. All we heard in the five games this man played last year was Deshaun Watson. So great. The great Deshaun Watson. How's he look this year? How are you guys feeling? Um, He's definitely not lighting it up like he was last year, but he is still slinging the rock around everywhere because our O-line is such garbage that we cannot run the ball at all. 
I saw Lamar Miller had a nice 10 yards, 10 carries. Man, that's just about the running average for him and Alfred Blue combined these last four games. And Foreman's and out, right? Foreman is still on the pup for another two weeks. Okay. So this team is pretty much a similar to the Lions in that you'll have now three weapons receiver-wise and a quarterback who's just going to throw maybe 50 times in this game. Yes, I'm expecting you'll be seeing a lot of Deshaun Watson chunking it up to Hopkins and Kiki, and if he's available, Will Fuller. Yeah, and I was going to bring that up. So, like, obviously everyone in the league knows about Hop. The dude is an absolute beast. Um, I'm not worried about him. He's going to get the Byron Jones treatment. Probably not going to have a catch on Sunday. Not worried about it. Will Fuller, I heard he's faking an injury because he doesn't want the Cheeto Awuzier treatment. However, our slot corners are straight trash, and they do have Kiki Kuti, who I will attest to the fact is an absolute monster. So he made history in his first ever start with 10 catches. I think it was 11, 11 catches. 11, 11 catches. Most, most ever in a rookie debut. Yes. Kiki, of course, we all knew he would ball, so I'm not really surprised by that. And Will Fuller, you know, he's dealing with one of his, you know, three times a year hamstring problems. So uh, he's some of those speedsters, man. So he's going to miss, you know, his usual three to four games this year with some hamstring tightness, and I'm kind of expecting this game to be one of them. Uh, I'll tell you what, man. Kiki, there were people that said that Kiki's success was all because of Mahomes. There were people that said that Mahomes' success was all because of Kiki. Turns out they're both just super awesome, which is pretty, pretty sweet. You can definitely say that again. I mean, Kiki absolutely stepped in, hadn't played all year, and got more targets than Hopkins. That tells you how much Deshaun likes him. That's freakish. That's freakish. Yeah, right. I heard heard the coaches were real pumped on his return. I mean, he he's missed all season. Um, with, with Missed all preseason, too. I mean, he's yep. been real – what's he had a hamstring himself? He has also pulled a hamstring for speedsters. <laughs> But he's back fully healthy, and apparently him and Deshaun, without all the practice time, have managed to uh, have a pretty good rapport. So I'm excited. I think this year it could be a big year for him, or at least next year, you know. Hey, we know about those Lufkin wideouts, man. Oh, God. I feel like he's already better than Des ever. (laughs) Get out of here. Get out of here. Okay. All right. Well, all right. Well, Lane, this is a you've you've listened to the pod before. You know we like to do little little predictions. I feel like it'd be fun for us all to do the predictions here together. Um, we'll do a little sandwich here. We'll do Ben, Lane, and myself. Ben, what are you predicting for Sunday night? All right. Uh, I will read the line. For some reason, the Texans are a favorite in this one. Um, I don't really understand. Pity that. line. Pity. <laughs> If I was a betting man, I would take that for sure. Cowboys without the points, man, straight up. Straight up. Um, yeah, you know, I have uh, oddly picked a Cowboys win in every game this year. Uh, this one will be no different. I do think that this Cowboys defensive front is going to thrash this offensive line, but Deshaun's a playmaker. He'll get some points. Um I'm going to predict a similar score to what we saw. I think this one's going to come down to a field goal. I'm going to say 24-23 boys. One point. Nice. Mr. Broadway. Damn, Dan, that's a really close call. Uh, This is a game of – it's going to be interesting, to be honest. Uh, 
shitty offense versus a high-powered offense and what's supposed to be a good defense against a pretty good defense this year. I expect both quarterbacks to see the turf a lot this game. Um, but I still think the Texans are going to put up enough points behind Kiki in the slot to win 28-17 at Ooh, okay. Uh, I'm going to be a little conservative with mine. I don't want to guess anything too outlandish. Um, I watched the Texans def- I watched the Texans offensive line give up seven sacks this last week to the Colts, who Jeez. maybe on paper the worst defense, like the most talentless Did defense. Freedy and Mathis come back or something. Yeah, for real, dude. The Texans line is just that bad. So I'm gonna get. I'm I'm seriously gonna estimate that D Law gets minimum five pressures, three sacks. Uh, I think Randy Gregory gets his first sack of the season. I think Taco <laughs> gets a couple sacks. Give up, uh, Gregory. <laughs> Some bum. I'm over the Gregory hype train. Dude, did I miss that? Are y'all finally over that? No, no just half of us. Just half of us. <laughs> the pot is split. After his, <laughs> all I've seen him do this year is the 15 yard <laughs> face mask penalty. <laughs> It wasn't yeah. even a face mask. He punched a guy oh, in the head. Sorry. <laughs> well, yeah. that's more than he'd done the previous two years combined. So. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He has one NFL sack. I don't want to hear that from you guys. All right, so realistically speaking, I think the Cowboys offense puts up a, a couple more points than usual this game. Defense can hold the Texans. I'm going to guess a conservative 187-4 to Dallas Cowboys. Damn, two safeties. God damn. Watt, dude, can't, you, you can't underestimate Watt, dude. He's pretty damn good. Yeah, I will say this about JJ, man. Adam Vinatieri hit his record, his record whatever field goal to set the all-time mark. First guy on Twitter to congratulate him, <laughs> JJ Watt, because he's a good guy. He is a great human being. <laughs> he just had to let you know. I'm really, just surprised. I'm, I'm really surprised that tweet wasn't like, congratulations to Adam Vinatieri. Uh, kicked as many field goals as I had sacks today. I did have three sacks, so <laughs> no big deal. No. Hey, no, guys, J.J. Watt's a great guy. Just ask him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. All right, man. Well, Lane, thank you so much for joining us, dude. We really appreciate it. We're going to try. If, you'll, uh, if you're not just – on completely dark from depression we will try to have you back next week to discuss the game with us on next week's pod if you're cool with that uh you can uh talk to me yeah tuesday i'll be flying back from the cape so nice nice cool i forgot you're going up to the cape excellent dude have a good time thank you so much uh and we will talk to you on tuesday thanks for having me guys problem man bye broadway what a bum yeah, that guy sucks. All right, so that was our how first dare guest. He, how dare he project a Texans win on my podcast? Ugh, that was about the tamest I've ever seen him in a forum talking Dude. about sports. Yeah, I don't know what that was. You <laughs> must only have his six blood and honeys as opposed to his normal 12 in him on a Tuesday <laughs> right now. Uh, that was excellent. So... Yeah, man, I think we hit most of the points, though, as far as the Texans go. I am kind of worried about Kiki. We obviously showed we can't cover a slot receiver for shit this week, and Kiki is definitely very fast. Dude can turn on a dime, great hands, and if Deshaun wants to sling it, he's going to sling it. We're going to be have our hands full already with Hopkins. Yeah, they can't run. They really can't. Lamar Miller's questionable heading into this. 
Uh, Bill O'Brien's been very nondescript about whatever his injury was. He just said he's a little banged up. Um, another thing we didn't talk about, Zeke's a little banged up. Um, he landed yeah. himself on the injury report this week fighting uh, ankle and knee knee problems. So he's going to play by all accounts, but he may be just a little sore in this one. So we might see a little more Rod Smith than usual, um, which I'm okay with. I think Rod's a, a fine stand-in, but um, it, it, it really will be close. You know, we, we are – at this point in two games have been a very bad road team. Now, to be fair, not many teams look good in Seattle and not many teams look good in Carolina. But that being said, those are our two samples from this year. And we've been just completely, for whatever reason, Dak looks like one guy at home and one guy on the road. Yeah, we're we're pretty much in a fight to be the king of the mediocre teams at this point. So I'm hoping yeah. that they can pull it out, man. Um, so Ben, that's kind of all I had for this week. Anything else before we sign off? Uh, do, do, do. do you have Reddit comments? Do we want to do that? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give the Earl Thomas one. Okay. So typically our Reddit segment, the fans were asking us to bring it back. It's a lot easier in a loss. I will tell you that than a win. Um, Andy has one. I have one that's not quite about the game, but might be a, a little fun, so I'll let yeah. This, go. Mine's, mine's not quite about the game either, but this is about the uh, obviously with the injury to Earl Thomas, um, been a lot of discussion about like him coming to the Cowboys as a free agent in the off season. This is a thread entitled "Earl Thomas Unpopular Opinion." Spoiler alert: It is indeed an unpopular opinion. <laughs> Am I the only one that's uncomfortable with this guy potentially playing here? The whole bitching and whining about not getting paid and flipping the bird. Nonsense. Not being paid. He's earning 10.4 mil this year. Second highest paid free safety in football. And now he's earning it for sitting on the damn couch? Who signs a five-year contract then tries to hold your employer hostage for the last 20%? Guy's a fucking cancer. Do not want. I will never not be amazed, Ben, by the number of NFL fans who, like, their position on the NFL is like, man, the owners are just really getting screwed here. I really <laughs> need to side with these billionaires. Like, Golly, man. How dare Earl Thomas not put his entire future on the line? I wish the players um, would shut up, have no opinions about anything, play through injury, never ask for money, and, you know, maybe just, like, crawl off the field and die if they want to complain. I don't know. Whatever. Just don't make Jerry Jones mad. Yeah, don't bring your politics into my NFL Sunday. <laughs> Unless it's, you know, like fake patriotism with soldiers involved. Then I'm okay with it. Yeah. Um, Podcast Earl Thomas, is getting political. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Political. Our listeners dropped by two. No, I'm, um, I'm kneeling right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm buying a Kaepernick jersey as we speak. Hell yeah. Um, you know, Earl Thomas, that situation has officially come to an end as much as the pod tried to will it. Um, E.T. unfortunately broke his leg um, in Seattle um, while being carted off, shot a middle finger to the sideline. Um, and that may be the last time you ever see Earl Thomas, maybe in the NFL, maybe at least in a Seahawks jersey, and is the official end of the Legion of Boom. Um, sad, sad end to it was probably. Do you think that's like the premier defense over the last ten years? 
you know, they have to be up there. They have to be up there. Um, you know, Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, and Earl Thomas in their prime were all pro bowlers. You know what's weird is that pros. fourth guy. Who was the guy that was on both the Patriots when they won? Browner? Their- Brandon Browner, Brown- I think. Browner may have had, like, the best ride of any of those guys and the worst ending because he was on the Legion of Boom. Yeah. Full member of the Legion of Boom. Then he goes, goes to the Patriots, plays a big role in that Malcolm Butler pick. Malcolm Butler pick. And now he's going to jail for like ever. Yeah. Um, the 30 for 30 on them is going to be incredible one day. Dude, I've already thought of like 50 titles for that, but it's going to be amazing. I just can't wait for that commercial. It's like, what if I told you sometimes business is personal? Offsides, the rise and fall of the Legion of Boom, a 30 for 30 presentation. <laughs> I'm already into it. I already got goosebumps. Um, yeah, I'm setting my DVR. We have not had anybody, and not a lot of teams have, of the quality of any of those three guys that I mentioned. Um, all studs in their day. We could still see E.T. sign the Cowboys this offseason. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he's broken his leg twice in the last three years now. Unfortunately for him, he's going to be 30. Um, you can play in your 30s to safety. You know, Eric Weddle's still doing it out in Baltimore, and that guy's still somehow really damn good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's sad about Earl Thomas. Um, moving on, though, the Earl Thomas saga is officially ended, so you guys are stuck with Heath and Frazier and Woods. But I did read a good one about Des Bryant. Um, oh, is this from the uh, Des wanting to come back to the Cowboys thread? Yes, yes, yes. So Des Bryant tweeted out um, actually a couple of interesting things, Andy, we'll get into before the, the comment. Des apparently has been dealing with some anxiety and depression. I don't know if you saw him put that on his Instagram. That makes sense. He seems like a kind of guy that could be susceptible to that. Yeah, and he said that's why one of the reasons he hasn't signed is he's trying to work through that and get his mind right so he feels comfortable. Good for um, him, man. I really, that really makes me sad. I really think the his departure here and how he departed really, really messed with him. Agreed. Um, but, yeah, he's been dealing with, uh, and he even said panic attacks. So I think – it's been a real shocker and a loss of identity, maybe even for Des. Oh, definitely, think. man. I mean, like he the other day I saw him like talking to Michael Irvin on Twitter, and he refers to himself as like 88 Junior, you know. Like I think Des's identity was like, I'm the next 88. Like I'm gonna play my entire career in Dallas. Yeah. I'm gonna be in the ring of honor and I'm gonna be, you know, this Hall of Famer. Michael Irvin and I'll be the Hall of Famer. Yeah. And and I think that he really didn't foresee that. And I don't think any of us really did, like, not being the case until it wasn't. Yeah, it ended in a real sour note, too. Um, he was obviously hurt by it. And I I don't know. I mean, he's had a chance to sign with teams and hasn't. So apparently he's trying to get his mind right. But he did tweet something that he'd love to come back to the Cowboys, which I thought was interesting. Um, let's see if I can find his exact quote. Yeah, I think I think it was that somebody asked him, like, hey, Des, where are you signing? Uh, yeah. His reply was, I'd rather it be the Dallas Cowboys. If not, I'll be ready to play somewhere yeah. else. Yeah, exactly. I'd rather it be the Cowboys. Yeah, exactly. So he says that. So a thread obviously comes up on the Cowboys Reddit. And while many people, I would say the majority, wanted him, and we'd all want him back, um, there are a few people who are glad Des Bryant's gone. 
Um, this is a string of Collins, but I'll go ahead and read it off for you. Nobody wants him for what he thinks he deserves to be paid as a 30-year-old washed-up wide receiver with a bad attitude. I said what he likely meant and how I feel. I don't want Dez back, not even for free. You don't act like he did and get to play for this team ever again. I don't want a cancerous has-been on the team, period. (laughs) Oh, so like, yeah, dude, I would hate it if we had like an underperforming wide receiver who talked shit about the team on the way out and then got re-signed. Good thing the Cowboys would never do that. Hey, how's Bryce Butler doing, everyone? Oh, he played. He was active this week, which is more than Terrence Williams can say, collecting yeah. his five mil this year. Yeah. Br- Bryce Butler talked at least as much shit about the Dallas Cowboys as Des Bryant. Maybe not players by name, but definitely coaches, organization, team in general. Then got cut from a different team and then got to walk right back through the door. And he yeah. hasn't done a a hundredth of what Des Bryant's done. Oh, I feel you. I feel you. Um, last thing I want to point out before we move on from the Reddit thing is uh, with Terrence Williams being a surprise inactive, and I wonder if he's about to get cut when David Irving officially gets re-signed to the roster this week, which, by the way, we didn't talk about David Irving will be back, um, probably in the mix, probably on a limited snap count, but – um, we do get that beast back, so expect this D-line to be even more ferocious. Indeed. Jerry Jones described him as a, quote, freak of nature. Freak of nature. Um, but um, the snap count this week for our wide receivers, Andy, were as follows. At number one, Alan Hearns played 47. Gallup at 40. Beasley at 38. Deontay Thompson at 29. And Tavon at 17. And zero for your Bryce Butler. I really want Tavon to still get more snaps. I know he had that drop, but he's the only guy that consistently takes the top off the defense and gets open downfield for Dak to throw to him. Um, The Cowboys continue to be a much different team when they take shots downfield. I saw the stat earlier this week um, with this Lions game. It adds another win to the win column on this one. Cowboys are now 19-5 and when Dak takes more than four shots of 20 Hmm. yards or more. Got to say I'd like to see more of that. Yeah, and I think it's got to be tandem on play calling in on Dak himself. Um, I think sometimes he just gets, especially on the road, just a little gun shy. Um, Yeah, and I think that goes back a little bit to that comment that he made uh, preseason where he said, hey, last year I feel like I tried to do too much. I I need to just like take what the defense gives me, make the sure play rather, you know, make the good play rather than the great play. Um, I think maybe Dak sometimes worries about, you know, taking the big shot and messing up, turning the ball over. Whereas like you watch a guy like Mahomes, certainly not afraid to throw the ball into tight spaces, take the risk. No, and you'll see Deshaun Watson ain't afraid to bomb one up in tight coverage either this weekend. Um, we'll see. Uh, I'm really interested in what this team does on the road. This is a very, very beatable Texans team. They have a lot of elite talent, but outside of that, Six players, yeah, kind it's of boomer bust, man. But yeah. that was that was what we said about Seattle too. So, yep, I think it's gonna be a close game. Like both those were, I think it's gonna come down to a play here, there in the fourth. Um, yeah, I'm sticking with my projection of a 183 point victory, but you could be right, Ben. You could be right. You're a smart, <laughs> man. So, oh god, I hope we come back to a win next Indeed. Tuesday. 
So we will be back uh, this weekend. A lot of cool stuff going on this weekend. Man, we got the Austin City Limits Music Festival for your boy. We have right. Connor McGregor fighting Khabib Nurmagomedov on Saturday night. Um, probably the biggest UFC fight maybe in history. Um, so that's pretty Red awesome. River Showdown, baby. Red River Showdown with Allen Texas's own Kyler Murray taking it to the very back Longhorns. Lincoln really put him in his place with that benching. Uh, he did go out and throw seven touchdowns afterwards, though, so that was pretty cool. Uh, and then uh, we've got the Cowboys playing the Texans on Sunday night. So it's going to be a great sports weekend. We will be back next Tuesday to break down uh, either a stunning win over our in-state rival or a uh, just pitiful, pitiful loss and back into the depths of despair. Um, right. Sunday night, we're 1-0 this season. Hell yeah. So, Ben, that's kind of all I had. Anything else before we go? No, I think we touched all our bases, friend. Excellent. All right, guys. Well, enjoy this uh, cut from the latest and greatest Lil Wayne album, Carter Five. Shout out to Lil Wayne for finally getting this album out, Shout man. Out, Weezy. We've been waiting on it. We've been patient. Man, um, fuck Bert, man, dude. I'm glad. I'm glad Lil Wayne won, won that lawsuit. I'm glad he I'll got some arrested money. for trying to kill his ass. Yeah, well, enjoy jail, old man. Rub Listen, your hands man. together in cell block five, baby. Wheezy F, don't forget the baby. No, don't forget the F. That's the goat right there. And the F stands for five. You can at me. You can at me. I don't care. (laughs) Ben will Twitter fight you about Lil Wayne. Believe that. Believe that. All right. As always, guys, I'm Andy Gatelli. Benjamin Walker. This has been Boys Will Be Boys. Take it easy. Peace. The big easy, like New Orleans. Let me see your shoulders work. I mean, I don't know what y'all came here to do, but uh, hey, if you ain't got a lighter, what the fuck you smoking for? We what the fuck though? Damn. Where the love go? Oh. Five, four, three, two, I let one go. Wow, get the fuck though. Hey. I don't bluff, bro. Aiming at your head like a buffalo. Bow. You're right.